Safer by Midbar. Starts off by counting Yisrael after every big event. The Rebbe Shalalem would to show his chavivas. The Yisrael he counts every single one. And the Torah keeps using a lashon of b'mispar shemois. So Shem Shemping points out that b'mispar and shemois are almost contradictory. They're, they mean two opposite things. Bimisbar means a number. We know in the Holocaust they gave every person who walked into the camps a number. Because you're no longer a person, you're a number. In the military, a person walks in, walks in, is part of a platoon, he gets a number. Number three, get up, you know, give me push-ups. But Shemais is individuality. It's you. Chaimantle, right? A father doesn't wake up his kids and say, you know, number seven, get out of bed. It says, yeah, Yankala, wake up, right? The Mispar Shemais is telling us that the Rebbe Shalom counts us as his army. And he counts us as a Mispar. And you know, there's a big Milo of being a Mispar. Just being a number. Why? Because they're not just a number. You have a guy who's building a wall. He doesn't have any relationship with any particular brick. They're all bricks. However, he knows that if any one brick is missing, his wall falls down. So every, every brick is vital to keeping that wall standing. However, the shameless, the misfire tells you that you're part of something huge. Right? You're part of this platoon. And yeah, one member of a military brigade doing an invasion is missing. If there's no sniper, then the whole, the whole mission is compromised. But Seamus tells us that there's a personal relationship between, with, with each and every single member of the Mispar. That's the Rebbe Shalom's relationship with us. If you're ever not sure if the Rebbe Shalom really, really cares about you, let me tell you about a story about an individual. It's called Avram. Avram was in his later years and he said that he had suffered from a heart attack and cancer. Neither of them are very gishmak. Surviving them is very gishmak. What happened? He came home from the doctor. The doctor told him that he had cancer. He was devastated. No one was home. He sat there on the couch crying like a baby. He cried for who knows how long, maybe an hour. And then he called his Rebbe. And his Rebbe cried along with him. Rebbe said, you know, he had, he had a friend, Shaul, back in camp. He also had cancer. He survived. He fought through it. Razor Shem, you're going to fight through it too. Maybe you can get in touch with him. Maybe he'll give you a little chizuk. I was thinking, I haven't spoken to him. I haven't seen him in, what, 50 years. Imagine, it was like half a century. Okay. Maybe I'll reach out. He went out to go diving. He walks into shul. First person he sees is this shawl from 50 years ago. Crazy! This one person, he hasn't seen him in 50 years, his rabbi just mentions him. He just that gave him chizik. When he came home, he told his family what the doctor had told him. But by now he was in a, a better spirit and he's able to give it over better. He started going for his treatment. During this trufa, he had a business deal with, with someone. Normally, he never had an appointment in the morning, but to accommodate, he had a 9 a.m. appointment to meet this, this client. And he walked into this building, opened the front door, and immediately had a heart attack and collapsed. Right there, in front of everybody. So people knew. They called out Salah. Two of his personal friends happened to be on the block of this business 
of this building. And they rushed in and started doing CPR. They didn't have every bit of equipment they needed. Baruch Hashem, someone also called 911. And the, and the 911 paramedic showed up with this other piece of equipment and they started working on him for 15 minutes. Nothing. Not a pulse, nothing. At a certain point, we know that if, a, if the heart stops beating, there's eight minutes before the brain starts getting damaged. So it's 15 minutes. And the paramedics said, there's nothing left. And they put a sheet over him. But his two friends were standing there and they said, we're going to have to tell his family this. We can't give up. And they continued doing CPR. 36 minutes after his heart attack, they got a faint pulse. Enough that they were able to rush into the hospital. And once they were there, they, they poked him up and they called the, the family and said, you could come, come spend some time with your father. The doctor came out and they told the family, you should know that chances of him waking up are very slim. If he does, there's going to be serious brain damage and he's going to need to be in rehab for a long time. You have to be ready. And they prepared for the worst. 24 hours later, Avram was up and a week later, he was behind the wheel of his car. Nisim Kaluyan, beginning to end. He went to go get his chemotherapy. He didn't enjoy his chemotherapy. He didn't enjoy his heart attack. Chemotherapy really drains you and he was not excited. But he went, and he was on his way in. He said, this is what I have to do, this is my ashtadlus. He showed up and they did some preliminary tests before continuing after his heart attack and said, I'm sorry, your heart is too weak. We can't give you this chemo. But we have another option that we just came out with this new way of dealing with, with your cancer. What's a shot? Because you can't, you can't get chemotherapy because your heart, let's try this. And they gave him this pill and he reacted very well to it. And shortly after, he was better. He's without any side effects because of his heart attack. It's nice to know we have a bunch of looking out for us. To see the Yad Hashem, to feel His love, to know that we are important as individuals. Like, like each star has its own name, but we're also part of the Kachavim, the, the entire galaxy of Kaiser. Good job,